the remark for a moment before um, we conclude the service uh, about the very powerful portion this week, Vayishlach. And Vayishlach is the story of, it's a brother's story. And I thought it would be you know, appropriate, especially because Joshua's sitting here. Um, he has a couple of brothers. Um, don't worry, you're not in trouble. I wasn't going to pick on you. Um, but there's a lot of sibling stuff in the Torah. The Torah starts out, what's the first thing that happens between siblings in the Torah? Anybody remember? It happens in Genesis. Adam and Eve's kids. Cain and Abel. What does Cain do to his, what does, what does Cain do to his brother? He kills him. Okay, so it wasn't just sibling rivalry, it was fratricide. Um, so it starts out with humanity in a very difficult way when the first sibling relationship ends in death. Um, and from there, it gets better, but not quickly, because Abraham has two sons who are named Isaac and Ishmael, and they battle furiously, um, more than sibling rivalry, and it turns out that um, when they split up, Isaac and Ishmael, they do not come back together until the end of their lives when they bury their father, Abraham. And Isaac becomes the father of which people? The Jewish people, and Ishmael becomes the father of the Muslim people. That's right. So then you go to the next generation, and Jacob has um, some children who, uh, how many brothers are there? There's 12 brothers and a sister, right? So what happens in this portion of Vayishlach is that Jacob, after stealing the birthright and the blessing from his brother Esau, his father Isaac, the son of Abraham, was blind at the end of his life. And Jacob goes to his father upon the recommendation of his mother and he dresses up like his brother Esau. He puts skins on his arms and he goes, because his mother said, you need, I was told by God, you are going to be the chosen one. And even though you came out second, you should be blessed as the firstborn son. And it's interesting because when their mother... Rebecca is pregnant, it said that the two boys, Jacob and Esau, were wrestling inside of her womb. And she cried out to God, if I'm going to be pregnant, why this? Why me, God? And uh, when they're finally born, Jacob so much wanted to be the firstborn that when Esau comes out, Jacob is holding onto his heel and is pulled out of the womb by his brother Esau. Now, he's named Jacob because of that story. And the word in Hebrew, ekev, means... Heel. And so he gets the name Yaakov because he was pulled out on his brother's heel. Now, there's never been, you know, in the OBGYN records of all humanity, it's never happened again, but we have to believe that story because Jacob does a terrible thing. He steals the birthright of the firstborn and he steals the blessing of the firstborn from his brother, and his brother Esau wants to kill him. And so Jacob makes his way, um, and he has, in last week's portion, he has this dream with a ladder with angels that are ascending and descending on it. And in this week's portion, he has already had his, um, he was married to Rachel and to Leah, and he has Bilhan Zilpah, the two handmaidens, and he's had his 12 sons and his daughter, and he's on his way to the promised land, and he realizes that his path is going to cross with Esau's. And Jacob is now a very formidable patriarch. He has the 12 tribes underneath him. He has grandchildren and great-grandchildren. He has his daughter. He has his four wives. And he is journeying in the desert towards the promised land. And he realizes in order to get where he's going, he's going to have to cross through the territory of his brother Esau. And he's terrified. And it's interesting because it really depicts the reality of sibling relationships. They're not always the easiest thing in the world. 
How many people here either have a, like, a, a parent with a difficult sibling relationship or you have a difficult sibling relationship or a child with a difficult sibling relationship? Or has ever known anybody who's had a difficult relationship with a sibling because we're all from the same family and so things can get a little bit stormy. You guys put your hands down. You don't, you guys, okay. Your point well taken. But in this story, Jacob's family probably doesn't know the history between him and Esau. They don't understand what's going on with their father, who's the great patriarch, why he is trembling and nervous and sweating, and, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. Maybe Esau is vindictive. And after all these years, it's probably been 20, 30 years since he's seen his brother, and the last time he saw him, his brother wanted to kill him. Is his brother still feeling those murderous feelings? I want to kill you. I'm so angry at you. I haven't seen you in 20 years. And so Jacob goes off away from his family, and this time he doesn't dream of a ladder. This time he wrestles with an angel. And a lot of the commentators say it wasn't really anybody outside of him. The angel was actually himself. It was like his conscience, or did you just say his conscience, Mom? My, my mom's sitting there, she said, it was his conscience. <laughs> Thank you. She didn't write this sermon, I promise. She's written many of them, but not this one. Um, so, yes, it was Jacob's conscience. It was something inside of him, even though we think of angels as outside of us. He had to wrestle with something terrifying inside himself. And I think it had to do with his own humility. And so when he comes to Esau, he um, has all of his family behind him, and he sees Esau in the distance, and he comes to Esau, and he bows before him. He literally gets on all fours. He puts his forehead to the ground, and he acts subservient, acts almost like a slave, and calls him my master. And it's this incredible moment in the Torah of these two brothers, like the two tribes. Are they going to stay at war forever and ever? Or is there going to be some kind of reconciliation, some shalom, some peace that comes out of it? And it's an incredibly beautiful moment because Esau has gone through his own wrestling, his own reconciliation, and he lifts Jacob up, and they put their arms around each other, and they hug each other in the middle of the desert. And what's really interesting is it's, it's a real picture because they don't then put their arms around each other and walk off into the sunset. There's a recognition that there's been some hurt and that they do lead separate lives, but they're no longer at war. And so when Esau says, come with me, we're brothers, we should be together. Jacob says, you know what? We're actually gonna go in different directions. Not out of anger, not out of spite, not because I don't like you, but we're going our own directions. So that was the peace. Sometimes the peace is you get to get back into each other's lives, and sometimes you just recognize that there was some hurt there, and you go your own way, but you don't carry the anger with you for the rest of your life. So it's a beautiful ending to that part of the relationship between those brothers. Um, unfortunately, the other 12 brothers, they weren't so lucky um, because they had, you know, they had some sibling rivalry going on with their little brother, Joseph. I mean, they just, you know, they tried to kill him, threw him in a pit, and sold him as a slave. So it's not like everybody learned their lesson. It takes many, many generations for the sibling stuff, um, as we know, to work itself out.